Hi, I'm Marcus Peter Rempel. And I'm Alana Lewandowski. Welcome to The Ferment. Something good is rising. Hi there. We thought for our first episode, we'd take a little time to introduce the podcast and say a bit about what we're hoping to do. It's been in the works for, I guess, close to two years now, and during that time, we've done interviews with a whole range of people. Daniel Schroyer, Steve Bell, James Allison, Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove, Tim Otto, Chris and Hazel Harper, David Cayley, Kathy Kelly, and we are getting ready to do some more interviews coming up in January. We think these people are pretty great. We had great conversation, and we're excited to be able to share their voices with you. So Alana and I are both coming to you from Manitoba, Canada. We actually live uh, in in uh, different corners of the province, really. I think this is true, Alana. I think we're, we're on opposite uh, shores of Old Lake Agassiz. Uh, you, you live, you live uh, close by Riding Mountain. By the, there's an escarpment there where you live. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, so uh, just just 20 minutes east from my place, uh, heading out f- Highway 44, the car drives up a hill that is the, the other shore of this ancient glacial lake that uh, covered this place in water 10,000 years ago. And uh, so I'm, I'm just on the other shore. I, I would be underwater. I don't know where you would be in the, in the old lake. I would be actually at the shore line, yeah sort of looking at the sunrise. <laughs> and then, of course, our, our friends uh, Samantha and Matt are in, in Winnipeg, uh, which is on the Red River. So they were, you're, you're in the bottom of the lake there. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I live in a place called Plowshares Community Farm. It's, it's near a, a town called Bozager. Some folks got together and bought some land together, some some years ago that we uh, live on together and where we share some stuff, taking as our uh, kind of touchstone the the verse in uh, in Isaiah and, and also in Micah about beating swords into plowshares uh, as a way of wanting to move from a, a war economy to a peaceable economy, as, uh, as Wendell Berry talks about. And uh, yeah, so typically I... Uh, this morning I'm not I'm not there. This morning I'm at my my mom and dad's house in my dad's library, uh, surrounded by many many books on Mennonite history. But uh, but typically I'm sitting when we do these conversations. I sit in the big straw bale house in the guest room, where I've been very happy to discover that the the new sunflower oil press that we just installed uh, this summer. Uh, the floor below is not so noisy that it uh, that it pollutes the sound uh, of this of this podcast. So so that's yeah that's that's where I am and uh, and where I live. Maybe Alana, maybe you can talk a little bit about the place where uh, your body and family touches the earth. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I grew up uh, on the east side of Riding Mountain National Park and had access to wild spaces every day and rode horseback at every day and and then I ended up leaving as everyone does just about if you live in a rural space you 
the the storyline that's in the box at least is that you have to go to the city and so I went to the city but I didn't go uh, directly into a college or a university in my case it was really because it might have been a Christian space like a Christian college and I didn't want to get married <laughs> and I was I was 18 <laughs> And I was pretty determined that that wasn't going to be my storyline. So I just went straight to the city and got like three jobs and started playing uh, the bars and the coffee shops and um, just playing music all the time and getting connected to the music scene in Winnipeg. And then I just, uh, yeah, I, after that, toured the world and was signed to record labels at a time when that was still a thing <laughs> and um, got to meet my heroes. And then around 2010, I I decided to leave the music business uh, because I was pretty burnt out. And it's, it's just, it's quite interesting how we, we find ourselves in these boxes all the time. We make all these and you need structure, but and you need grammar and everything. But we we find ourselves in these boxes that that aren't life giving, and how we create these cultures that don't bring life. And so that's kind of how I where I found myself. And so I left, quite devastated, really. Sold everything I had, including all the clothes I used to wear on stage and extra instruments wow. and and then had basically kept what I could keep in my in my car and then uh, took a journey from Newfoundland to New Orleans where I uh, just hung out with people who loved music you know the the word amateur means for the love of mm. and mm. so uh, I was with people who hadn't chosen music as their career, but they're still fantastic players, and they were in their music was informed by their life. And um, so I was on sailboats and fishing boats, and on farms, and in uh, pubs where people came from, uh, you know, blue collar jobs to play Irish music, and and then all mm. the way down into Mississippi, where I was in the Delta in. Um, juke joints uh in the middle of nowhere uh late at night <laughs> and uh hearing some incredible music and so that was sort of this i really don't care anymore throw caution to the wind pilgrimage and then i ended up getting uh coming back and getting married and having kids and now we've moved um back to the south side. I grew up on the east side and now I live on the south side of Riding Mountain National Park again. And so it's really lovely to be home and uh but also putting roots down in a kind of on a different patch of land near the park. And yeah, we're also we're also beginning to farm here so in a sustainable way. So it's a yeah, it's a nice time. It's a nice, it's a nice chapter for sure. Mm. I love that you did that trip to be with people that 
well, as you say, amateurs, people who play music for the love of it. I remember when we, you and I first met, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember you were, you were just about to head on out on that trip and, and were kind of describing the vision of it to me in the cafeteria of uh, CMU, uh, Canadian Mennonite University. And uh, yeah, I think that was an, an inspired move. You know, what's interesting is it it was an inspired move, but it's also looking in hindsight, knowing what I know now about dissent and when things fall apart and when you're unmoored in your life, how quickly you want to reconstruct your ego <laughs> identity. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wow, if you don't really know what else to tell someone about your life at this point, because everything right. is so <laughs> like shattered. Well, at least you can tell them you're going on this trip. <laughs> yeah, and, sure. Like, <laughs> it was a great trip, but it is in hindsight. I know it was also a very quick way to try and reconstruct what had been completely sure demolished. <laughs> sure. So we're we're talking about uh, roots and connections and and reconstructions here and uh, and the places where we where we live and and touch the earth and uh, and I think one of the reasons I'm happy we're talking about this right off the hop is that I do have I do have this fear about uh, getting into this podcast game of of contributing to to disembodiment and and disconnection i know for for a lot of folks let's say spiritual seekers the podcast world and format has become a way for people to find each other and to find some access to to meaning and and a conversation that that enlivens them that maybe uh previous generations found in physically embodied spiritual gatherings in in churches and and other spiritual communities that seem to be experiencing uh, a big walkout uh, right now and and in many ways I'm I'm part of that walkout I I have a pretty casual uh, participation in in physical church life these days and I I, th I think I'm really hoping that you know, if people are listening to this podcast and it speaks to them, I want to say, like, find a friend and say, hey, I think you would find this interesting, too. And can we can we maybe get together for coffee and and talk about this stuff? And and maybe even, you know, Alana's singing some pretty singable chants. Maybe we could learn some of those. Maybe we could maybe we could sing together. I just. Yeah, I I don't I don't want this this podcast to be part of a further departure from embodied ways of of being human and 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 practicing spiritual rhythms and and disciplines. Um so if if thy phone caused thee to disconnect uh stomp it out. <laughs> 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 but <laughs> But if but if this could be, I I really am. Hope, I know there's just. I mean, I just had a, a conversation with someone at a party last night who's, you know, uh, they're, they're gender fluid and uh, and so I mean from the beginning, you know, a, a person like that life is going to be a kind of reconstruction, deconstruction uh, project and and a project of of renegotiating 
connections uh, with with institutions and structures that that are in many ways uh, impossible to inhabit. And and I and I I know someone like this person. It's just it's it's hard for folks like that to find a home in the in the in the options that are available in the kind of physical spiritual landscape. And uh, and if folks like that can find a home with us here, uh, or at least a maybe not a home, but a a launching pad or something to find other friends to to find out they're not alone. Amen and and all good to that. Uh, but I, but I, yeah, I, I do really hope that, that we, we don't, as we're having these conversations from either side of Lake Agassiz, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that we, that we don't contribute to, uh, to people just disembodying, uh, completely in, in a time that is full of options for disembodiment. So we thought it would be a good idea to talk a little bit more about the name, the ferment, and where that came from, what its origins are, how it sort of, how we decided that's what we would call it, and sort of what's behind it. So Marcus, do you want to talk about that? Sure. So the ferment is a metaphor that means for us, I think, a, a number of things. It's interesting that like Alana and I are, are now both on this journey of of learning to grow the food we eat and eat the food we grow. Our family's been on that track a, a little bit longer. Alana's just finally putting her roots down in some soil. And I remember when we first uh started getting into like preserving, uh canning t- season was always like super high stress <laughs> cuz it's like, you know, if if we put if we don't do this right, we're going to get botulism and we're going to kill our family with our homegrown food. So it was always like, you got it. You got to kill all the bacteria. Got to kill it, kill it, kill it. And so when I started making sauerkraut, what I just found so amazing, like you just, you just mash this cabbage in this open container. Uh, you add some salt, you press a plate down on it so that it's all underwater and then you just let it sit um, and and what's happening there is instead of trying to kill bad culture, you're creating the conditions for a, a good culture. It's you're you're creating a happy little home for this lactobacillus to. Uh, I mean, basically, what it's doing is it's like eating the sugars of the cabbage and it's pooping out acid <laughs> that uh, that makes that preserves the cabbage for us so we could eat it. And so this idea of like instead of Instead of living in a uh, this this climate of fear where we're trying to kill the bad, that there there are ways of of living and being where we can just feed the good, and life flourishes and maintains integrity. So that's that's one one reason why I was really attracted to that that idea of the ferment. Something that I've been working with lately is. What fruits come from scarcity and what fruits come from sort of a a built-in design to every aspect of symbiosis that is going to always um, end in surplus and abundance mm. if it's allowed to teem with life and um, messiness because it's 
there's so much involved with life and death in symbiosis. So it's, yeah, it, it it's this stepping into the reality of life and death and, and cycles and... Yeah, that really comes out in your, in your uh, song, Let Life Live On, I, I, which I, I really love that, that sense that you bring. Gerard talks about the ferment of the Gospels, and I, and I came across this quote when we were developing the podcast. Um, the, quote, the quote is this, Sooner or later, the ferment of the Gospels will cause the breakup of the social order it infiltrates, and of all similar societies, even so-called Christian societies that claim to be based on it. And then he goes on to say, but that collapse is not just a stronger expulsion initiated by God or Jesus. It is the end of all expulsion. So there's that idea that the, the ferment of the Gospels, there, it, it does create this, this creative social unrest that is is based on really this 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 revelation that the cross brings that that typically what what humans do is we any kind of us we make we make over against some kind of otherized enemy we create this good space in the inner circle by expelling the baddies to the outside and i think the the kind of there's a way of thinking about apocalypse that is okay what's going to happen at the end is finally god is going to throw all the bad people in the garbage can and and a few of us real goody goodies <laughs> we're going to have a party <laughs> after after we get rid of the monsters and and what we're being introduced to is this very different story where, you know, the one we turned into the monster, the one we turned into the scapegoat, the one that we tried to expel, throw out of the holy city, that that one actually becomes the one who reveals real goodness and real holiness to us in a way that just totally upsets the apple cart of anything that we thought was good versus bad before that. And that is, like, that does create uh, a disruption as as Gerard says, I mean, not just, he says, breakup of the social order. Kaylee had a, had a line in, in an interview that we did with him about refusing to divide the truth in half and then have a fight over it. And I think that's, that's very much the kind of, the kind of people we're interested in talking to are, Alana, you, you use this term a lot, like non-dual leaders and elders. Yeah. In one way, this idea of non-duality, non-dual thinking, and then uh, looking at duality and dual thinking or dualistic thinking, it in part harkens back to Marcus's passion for uh, Rene Girard, you know, and what, what Marcus was just saying about David Cayley talking about splitting the truth in half and fighting over it. In, a, in the dualistic model, we are constantly separating and and categorizing one thing as being good and one thing as being bad and we are constantly doing it to each other and we'll find ourselves doing it throughout throughout the day and and in terms of non-duality 
you're always finding like it can often be used you know the the cross is actually a fantastic analogy because you're sort of sitting at the center where the two two um, boards meet and mm. and you're you're sitting in a a, a dichotomy or a, yeah you're always sitting in this place where you are it's not uh, being silent when there's injustice. That's something that gets often gets <laughs> interpreted that way. Like um, Thomas Merton. Uh, right. I think you know, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Because t- he, he said, you're not uh, you're not contemplatives. You're just introverts. <laughs> right. Um, so it, this this idea that non-duality is just being silent is really a, a dressed up way of being a part of the silent majority, which is not the same thing as non-duality it's it's finding a way um to step into the truth without drama Mm. and finding a way to step in to the truth without the the reason for stepping into it to be to conquer someone else jonathan wilson hardgrove he's he has this i think he's quoting augustine he this quote he's we we rail against our times but we are our times, and uh, and I think and I and I love that that's coming from someone like Jonathan is someone who's like on the street in the struggle. He's yeah. politically engaged. You know, he's he was part of the Poor People's Campaign uh, that that brought the you know the legacy of MLK back to the forefront again. He was part of that campaign in North Carolina that the Moral Monday movement with the Reverend William Barber. I mean, these this is like on the street activist stuff. But it's but still, it's a voice. It's a voice that speaks, you know, truth. That's sometimes hard truth, but in a way that's like, it's not about judging the other. It's about inviting us all into something bigger, more true, more loving. And sometimes, sometimes that invitation. And I think MLK, Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, he was he was such a sign of of his times that that I think we need to bring forward into this particular time such a sign of of speaking that kind of prophetic truth that is finally it's an invitation to everyone it's not it's not about eliminating the enemy it's about bringing the enemy into friendship even even if that means along the way doing some things that shake you know that piss your enemy off <laughs> yeah um but but to do that from a place of of deep grounding in love, uh, a love that's just much much bigger than us and much much bigger than of of winning you know winning some kind of us versus them battle. Yeah, and also it's this this thing where you aren't you know you're not like uh, James Finley says that it's true that every prophet is a pain in the neck but not every pain in the neck is a prophet <laughs> and <laughs> nice. right and, yeah <laughs> and so it's this it's this um art form and it's the, it, mm. it it takes a an imagination in a, or as Walter Brueggemann says a, a prophetic imagination to deepen and deepen and deepen into uh, the possibilities of what what's there and the hope that's there even as you're naming you know as you're naming things so 
yeah, one one thing I would say that non-duality does as well is I would say that non-duality safeguards poetry in a way, mm. which I think is um, something we are... Or even the other way around. I think poetry safeguards non-duality. I mean, one exactly. reason I'm just so... Yeah. I'm so energized and, and honored to be doing this with you, Alana, is that, uh, like, I love that you call this an art form because I think it's the voice of artists that can invite us into that non-dual space. And I I know you do that with your music again and again and again. And I I, th- I think somehow in the like the world of ideas, it's it's almost easier to get lost in that that dialectic of let's have an argument. Uh, and a song and a poem is f- is finally you know if it's if it's a true poem or a true song, it's finally something much bigger than an argument. And uh, and you know how to do that. And so I'm I'm just so pleased to be doing this with you and with your your musical gift uh, thrown in the mix uh, in various ways. Uh, you know, Jamie, our good friend, Jamie Howison, uh, how, mm, yeah. he, how he wrote the book, God's Mind and That Music mm, uh, on yes. John Coltrane. It's, it's this. It's Endorsed always, by Cornell West, no less. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it's, it's always so interesting how uh, the, the greatest uh, modalities for for what is true or um, what is good often come mm. in ways that are sneaky <laughs> or subversive and yeah and really creative and music does that because it's this it's not this like like you said a dialectic of it it's this unspoken wordless disarming thing mm yes. So one of the things that I'm really uh, excited about is that Alana's mu- music, uh, your music, Alana, is going to be featured with each episode. And um, and we were looking for something in your repertoire that could uh, could invite us into the, the new year, the launch of the ferment. And, uh, and last year at New Year's, you released a song based on Tennyson's Ring Out Wild Bells, uh, which has this, this tender... Uh, hope and and this this fierce longing for for a kinder way of being uh and 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 also naming a you know a darkness in the land uh could you just say something about like how did you discover that poem how did you come into that song what does it what does it mean to you to to use that to introduce this project well i've always liked tennyson and uh that that poem is a part of a greater work called In Memoriam. And mm. uh, I think it was maybe just, it came about just through serendipity uh, because I was in a prayerful state and mm. holding, trying to find ways to hold uh, all of the, I don't know, just the cacophony of all the chaos and um, pain and suffering and sort of needless, so much needless um, selfishness and and trying to hold it in a way that could offer up a prayer so that I wasn't, my ego wasn't holding the suffering, but I was able to offer it into something vaster and 
the re- like you know mm. ult- ultimate reality <laughs> and yeah and so it, that's how, kind of how it came about and then i um i when i pre- when i recorded the vocals for it i um i wept and just sort of allowed mm. just in in gratitude for how tears are such a bomb for being at this density as Terre Desjardins says that you know yeah. it's mm. you know a, a part of how we end up in these places of scarcity is through our fear of the cycle of life and death and and so just sort of stepping into a more courageous place I guess um and whole and it mm. it's sort of a uh a prayer of courage to be who we are and as as people of the earth and um and so you know when he says uh ring in ring in the Christ that is to be um mm-hmm. yeah it's just a it's it's this beautiful hopeful hopeful thing and and I don't think it might sound idealistic and whatever but I do think that that's the reality at the heart of of all of this. So it may be idealistic, but if that is the reality at the heart of it, and it is the reality and the, the longing that we all have is a yeah. reflection of that, then, you know, as Belden Lane, one of my great, my favorite authors who wrote The Solace of Fierce Landscapes, as he said, yeah. um, you know, we have this misplaced yearning. It's just, it's the yearning is true, true, true. Well, and I think like it sounds idealistic in a cynical age. Yeah. But I think, I think it's true what you're saying about that beyond cynicism and maybe even underneath cynicism, there is this longing, this yearning that, that is profound. Yeah. Um, And it's the truth of who we are. It's just that it's sort of this, it's sort of cracked or it's i don't even know if it's cracked i would say it's just misplaced like belden lane says and and uh i always love to quote james finley because i work so much with him and he you know in the in the song the chant that i wrote in your most childlike hour your heart did not deceive you and Mm. he says you know that is you know be wise as serpents and soft as doves that is be street smart don't be naive but um don't be so street smart that you forget to be childlike. Um, in other words, I will not give darkness and cynicism the final say in who I am. Yeah. So we're very excited that a week from now, Monday, January 7th, our first batch are of uh, fermented... Comp- <laughs> I almost said compost. Uh, our first batch of <laughs> fermented podcasts will uh will be coming out uh three of them are uh, there's there's three interviews Tim Otto and James Allison and David Cayley uh Tim and uh and and James are both uh openly gay theologians and uh and David Cayley is uh the longtime curator of the Christian Thinkers Beat on uh Canadian Broadcasting Corporation program called Ideas uh, and then the fourth episode is the recording of a concert that Alana did in Beausager that was in some ways the beginning of the podcast. It was, we and Alana was doing a little mini tour and, and she agreed to come out to this 
little uh, nearly defunct Anglican church, one of the oldest buildings in our little rural town, and gave this beautiful concert in this this small church with these gorgeous acoustics, and uh, and did a lot of uh, maybe I think maybe more than you typically do, Alana. Did a lot of sharing and and teaching, uh, and and gave a lot of background to a lot of your your songs as you were going, and uh, so it was just a, a really rich event. And the next morning we had uh, breakfast together at Plowshares Community Farm and and started talking about the ferment. So it seems an appropriate way to, to begin the journey. So stay tuned for the episodes coming up and we hope that you are able to join in and enjoy uh, the rich conversation we got to have with these uh, incredible minds uh, of our time. So we'll see you soon. Ring out wild bells to the wild sky The flying cloud, the frosty light The year is dying in the night Ring out wild bells and let him die Ring out the old Ring in the new Ring happy bells Across the snow The year is going Let him go Ring out the false Ring in the true Ring out the grief That saps the mind For those that hear, we see no more. Ring out the feud of rich and poor. Ring in redress to all mankind. Ring out a slowly dying cause and ancient forms of party strife ring in the nobler modes of life with sweeter manners purer lives ring out wild bells to the wild sky the flying cloud the frosty light The year is dying in the night Ring out wild bells and let him die Ring out the want, the care, the sin The faithless coldness of the times Ring out, ring out my mournful rhymes but ring the fuller minstrel in ring out false pride in place and blood the civic slander and the spite 
Ring in the love of truth and right. Ring in the common love of good. Ring out wild bells to the wild sky. The flying cloud, the frosty light. The year is dying in the night. Ring out wild bells and let him die. Ring out old shapes of foul disease. Ring out the narrowing lust of gold. Ring out the thousand wars of old. Ring in the thousand years of peace. Ring in the valiant man and free. The larger heart. The kindlier hand, ring out the darkness of the land. Ring in the Christ that is to be. Ring out wild bells to the wild sky. The flying cloud, the frosty light. The year is dying. In the night, ring out wild bells and let him die. We are the ferment. You are too. Thanks for listening. Until next time, breathe consciously and with love. Eat consciously and with love. Tend the creation. Tend the divine, and name the real consciously and with love. Peace and all good.